in one of the biggest trilogy fights that the MMA world has ever seen, we had to get stopped due to an injury. So, of course, this highly hyped-up fight doesn't even get a decisive ending, but, you know, that's just MMA for us. But this was a extremely good UFC 264 card from top to bottom. Had plenty of action, tons of fights, and some really, really crazy stuff went down. Some stuff that we've never seen before. And also, before we hop into things, of course, it happened. I was unable to uh, defend my title uh, that evening, so... Blake Campbell is once again the reigning, defending, undisputed, suck my pick title, champion of the world. So, good job, buddy. Good job. You're, you're, you're back on top. That's right, where I belong. <laughs> uh, I just really wanted to tie that record, but you know, those uh, first three fights of the uh, the prelims, did uh, they just didn't go very well now, did they? <laughs> yeah, you started off pretty uh, pretty. Bad. You didn't start off the best either, but you know, let's not. At least I got it. At least I got it. You know, I got on the board. That's fair. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, because I mean, you're a champ, so I guess you you get that status. But ladies and gentlemen, we have a giant card to get into. Then of course we're going to get you Blake's bangers for UFC Vegas 31, and then gotta gotta have a little bit of a fun nene of the week this round. But before we get into the first fight, we're going to talk about. Let's just go ahead and shout out our sponsors for all your sports prop betting needs. Go on over to ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And you can get started today by using promo code FOURTHANDLONG. And by doing so, on a deposit of $20 and up to $50, they will match you dollar per dollar. You put down $20, you get $20 as well. They, you put down fifty, they'll match it with an extra fifty. That's just kind of free money in your in your pocket right there. So go on out, get started on that today. And if you want to become a member of a very prestigious group, as well as help try to get us that much closer to Blake's first paycheck, because I know he wants it. Come on, look look at his eyes. Look at his eyes. He's crying. Yeah. He's begging. Help me. He help needs me. I'm that. poor. You know, we got rewarded for his work. Not as poor as Ross, but I'm poor. <laughs> oh yeah yeah no i'm not even going to deny that part but you can go on over to patreon.com slash fourth along and just for one dollar a month starting you can become a member of this group and also get a bunch of bonuses and you can go check out all the offers over once again on patreon.com slash fourth and long but blake let's get on right into things with uc264 and before we get to the sugar sean and chris Matino fight just gotta ask the question did Blake's bangers hit? Of course. Of course, right? They absolutely like, hit. You're like all fired. Like the last four cards, you know. It's been some pretty good, you know, some pretty good choices that I've had. So can't take all the credit, but yeah, the the boys haven't let me down. I don't I don't know if I picked too many girls, but if I have, they haven't been letting me down either. As long as fights aren't getting canceled, I I think they've all been hitting. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, we did have that little bit of a curse, so that was a lot of fun. But, man, we had a, a really solid early prelims, a really good prelim card. But I first want to get started off talking with the, the bigger story of the night, and that is Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho. And even though Chris Moutinho was nothing but a walking punching bag for almost three full rounds, 
He stole the spotlight. He really did. O'Malley landed 72% of his strikes. He went 230 of 318. All significant. He was even hitting an 82% clip at one point in this fight. But at the same time, in his debut to the promotion against one of the the um, bet, best uh, highest ranked prospects in the sport, what does he do but just walks Sugar Sean all down down the entire fight? And so what do you think about this one? It was just insane, right? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely am impressed with how many punches Chris can absorb. Um, the, he definitely has a lot of heart. You can't take that away from him. The guy is a monster. Um, but I think there's just like so much hate getting thrown on Sean just because he didn't get that, you know, devastating knockout blow. And, uh, it, it may be a little bit of his own fault considering he's always calling for a viral knockout, uh, you know, leaving no questions, you know, left to be asked. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, look at the numbers, look at the performance. I mean, he he went out there and just like painted a canvas basically like that's really what he did i mean with with chris's face and the blood you know um it was an awesome fight super uh high pace the whole time like they were they were just sprinting the whole time uh really really fun fight to watch especially if you're kind of more in the casual side <laughs> don't don't like you know watching wrestling stuff like that mm-hmm. I mean, dude was getting punched in the face every, you know, it seemed like 0.5 seconds. So how can you complain about that? But looked like Colby Covington fighting RDA. Yeah, for real. Um, I don't know. I just, the kid does deserve a lot of credit. I just don't think that it's like the most impressive thing ever. I want to see, don't get me wrong. I want to see this kid fight again. He definitely, like, I'm a fan for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am a fan of his heart. I'm a fan of his desire to stay in there, his, his you know, his will that never bends. Um, but now I, I want to see, okay, you fought like a really good prospect, as you were saying. Let's put him in there against some, another unranked fighter that's not as good. Let's see what he's really got. Give him a fair shot, right? Yeah. Full I, training camp to get I prepared like for an opponent. Well, I like he, that. He took this on 11 days. Yeah, it's, I mean, he was still don't get don't get it twisted. He was still preparing for another fight, mm-hmm. but he was not preparing for uh, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, and man, if he got the full training camp to prepare for Sean O'Malley, it might have been a little bit more interesting of a fight. Who knows? Because you you can tell like that guy has no quitting him mm-hmm. at all. But even in times too, he was landing solid combos on, on Sean in this fight. He had the, his moments were few and far between, but he did have moments in this. He definitely. I remember land, uh, him landing at least two punches throughout the fight, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but like I do remember there was like two times <laughs> where I was like, "Respectful." I was I was watching my friend next to me. Total seventy of two eighteen. Yeah, I just I just remember two specific times where I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like it would be those times where he gets Sean backing up a little bit mm-hmm. on the back foot, and he's coming forward, and then he you know throws a little flurry. That's where he was having the most success is when he just let those hands go, but. I mean, it's so hard when you have a sniper like Sean that's just constantly just dinking on you, man. It's and let's t- let's bro, let's be honest. Let's talk about those dribble moves out there. Like Sean oh man, is out the there Phoenix styling. Sons. By it, the way, I'm wearing I'm wearing the merch, of course. Shout of course he boy. is. Of course he is. If he landed you know, one of the it, like that that spinning back kick, if he knocked Mutinho yeah. out after dribbling him the spinning back kick, that would be on every single highlight reel, but. I mean, it still was. Has his chin to granite, I guess. Now, 
Now, one yeah. of the questions, though, and obviously there's going to be a narrative that might pop up from this because we all know MMA fans kind of had a conversation with someone on this on, on Twitter. But the, the I think one of the bigger questions is, has Sean's stock actually decreased on the back of this performance? And could people start calling him little kind of kind of soft hands from this one for not being able to put up? Uh, put Matino down even after landing all of these combinations and all of these strikes. Absolutely not. I mean, you've seen what he's what he's done to other people like Almeida, uh, Eddie Wineland. Oh, Eddie Wineland. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Jose Quinones. Mm-hmm. So I mean, no, that's stupid. If anyone thinks that, I mean, did it help his stock? Not like a ton, because he he was going out there and he was he was saying that he was going to get a viral knockout yeah. on a Connor card you know there's a lot of eyes watching him he's already got a huge fan base we know that you can look at the instagram numbers it's right there uh he he brings a lot of eyes um he didn't deliver on his prediction slash promise whatever you want to label it so yes that does hurt a little bit but does it like take away from his shine at all no because it was still a fantastic performance i mean if you're a sugar fan, like you were complete, that's like a you know like a a, a blowout football game or like a basketball game where where they won like 120 to 86 or something, mm-hmm. you know where they're just dominant, no, almost no points where were you even a little bit scared. Like when the Raiders were beating the Broncos back in uh, 20 what 2010 with uh, Darren McFadden. Anyway, I won't go too far. In that's that. that's way too far back, dude. That's way uh, too far back. I know I gotta go back to 2010. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man. I I just I think Sean still had a fantastic performance. It doesn't it doesn't hurt him at all. Uh, he didn't get the viral knockout, but what can you do? You can't always get the viral knockout. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh man. I I think. You could say that Sugar Sean's stock has decreased, maybe marginally, just because he was able to put this guy down. But I think it's more of the credit goes to Chris and less of the discredit goes to, to Sean in this one. And I think most importantly, do you agree with the stoppage by Herb Dean? One more point on on the whole stock thing. Yeah. If you go if you look up Chris underscore is underscore soulless on Instagram, mm-hmm. that's Chris Matino's Instagram. Yep. Not even verified yet. You just go on He's there. He's still unverified. That's a shame. You just go on there and you fu- and you uh just refresh it. Mm-hmm. Every time you refresh it, he's going to gain about 100 to 300 followers. That's he's ridiculous. Only, he is at 98.7 thousand followers right now. Uh before the fight this weekend, uh I can't remember I should have wrote down the exact number. But uh-huh. he was under he was under five thousand. So wow. Sugar Sean has almost gotten this guy a hundred thousand followers in less than two or three days. Just this because guy this guy is... got his ass beat. Yeah, he's at ninety eight point seven right now. Insane. He's going and to make hundred thousand this week. On Twitter, he's just as good. He's I mean, he's not as good, but he's like 20, I want to say twenty five thirty, which is crazy for Twitter. Man, that's. That's ridiculous. Like, it, there's a lot you can tell about social media, which is insane. But um, going back to, to that question, though, this was a very questionable stoppage by Herb Dean because so he called this fight with about 30 seconds to go, and I understand the decision because technically a ref has ability to stop a fight after three unanswered shots, which is normally they don't, you know, um, or mm-hmm. if it's stuff like this, but. He could have stopped this. If he was going to stop the fight with 30 seconds to go like this, 
He should have just sought the fight a lot earlier, probably closer to the second round or whatever. This was. Uh, how about in between round one and two when he had oh, to be helped by wobbling. four people yeah. to, to get to his, you know, stool? Right. So it was really questionable, especially on a ref like Herb Dean, who's one of the best to ever do it. This was pretty sure he got dropped twice in the first round too. Yeah, this was really interesting. What do you think? Um, so should it have been stopped? Yes. I think it should have been stopped. Should it have been stopped right where it was? No. Um, cause at that point it's like, I don't know. I'm kind of in that warrior mentality. It's like, dude, he already got there 30 seconds left. Like there's nothing to, you could, you know, that there's nothing taking that guy out. Yeah. And it's like, if you really cared about him that much, like you were saying, why didn't you stop it going into round two or, you know, part uh, like before round two even started. I mean, the guy was just wobbly. And there were times in round two he could have stopped it. Yeah. So the timing of the stoppage didn't really make sense to me. But yes, I think that fight could have been stopped at any point going into round two, like any point. Yeah. And, and the, the sequence it ended on, Sean was cracking him with like, I mean, tough. just out of five out of five punches he's thrown he's landing four of them mm-hmm. you know that's that's just that's insane man that's just unreal bro i don't even know what to say about that it's just crazy i, I mean i can't imagine how bad his hands hurt right <laughs> he's not going to be able to play any video games this week i don't think oh no war zone for him huh no uh there goes the streaming but yeah, yeah he'll, pro- he'll probably power through i think i saw him live on twitch today already so he's, oh, he's probably still chilling probably just has it has a hands and eyes anytime he's not playing so it's okay keep the swelling down but exactly. man this, this was so questionable it's not like you don't want to push it because if you push the warrior mentality you get into the uh in, into the um oh man um mario yamasaki kind of kind of stuff i want to let her be a warrior kind of thing right but, but it's which like, is why I still I'm I'm still not totally opposed to the stoppage. It's like yeah, yeah that fight did need to be stopped. But right yeah. there though, it's like, I mean, brother, it's <laughs> you know the Mario Yamasaki and everyone kind of comes out like uh-huh. you might as well just let it finish now because you're taking away a beautiful performance from Chris. Like that's one of the most all time gritty, uh, just hearty performances that we've seen. Mm-hmm. It it's. If you look at it in a vacuum, it's a good stoppage, or it's a at least an okay stoppage to a good stoppage. But if you look at it as a fight as a whole, it was really questionable and definitely a lot uh, and left a lot of people uh, shaking their heads at, at that one. But who should Sugar Sean fight next now? Because he had a list of people, most of them, the highest name he called after this fight was Rob Font, the number three rate banked away yeah. in the world. There's no way he gets this fight, but I would like to throw out maybe he said that Dom Cruz has been ducking him. That'd be a fun fight, or maybe even like a Frankie Edgar kind of kind of opponent. Hmm, Frankie Edgar would be tough. That that would be the test that uh, would definitely show that Sean's legit because mm-hmm. Frankie's a uh, uh, high level wrestler. High. So. But I mean that Dom Cruz fight sounds like so much fun. So much fun, right? With the like, the crab talking would be great too. Yeah, I mean out of all those fights, I think the Dom Cruz one definitely uh, probably excites me the most. I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah. I kind of respect him trying to call out Rob Font though. <laughs> yeah, I mean why not? Right, call out the highest the highest name with the highest number that you can, and especially when you have when you have as much hype that uh. You know, Sean 
O'Malley does. There's no sense in not trying. Mm-hmm. He gave you what four? I want to say four names, right? It was Yon? Was it Yon Garbrandt? Cruz and and Font. Yeah, he's kind of like Gilbert Burns, which just kind of called out like some of the top. Basically, guys. the whole division. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean, like besides the guys that aren't you know top five, yeah, which but... is smart, or like top ten, top five, mm-hmm. which is smart. Like why, if you don't have to, why go through the whole ladder? Just exactly get, get the top ranked guy that's not busy. Yeah, Unfortunately for him, but... you know, only about two of those guys are realistic. Really, right. really, even maybe even one. Yeah, at this point though, he really does. He needs a top fifteen fighter, hell, maybe even top ten fighter. But at this point, if he gets that fight, if he gets a, a Dominic Cruz, if he gets a Frankie Edgar, if he gets anyone at least ranked, he really he can't afford to lose that fight because he he's beating up a, at least to to some people to a lot of, like at least his haters beating up a lot of nobodies. Dude, I'll tell you right now. He should have beat up. And then he's lost the one fight against the, a ranked guy. So Sean O'Malley versus Dom Cruz is a headliner. Easy. Fight yes. night. Like, That's easy. the fight night. Easy. Even, a, even a pay-per-view, like if it's one of the one of the pay-per-views that, that doesn't have like a double title, you could put the Sean O'Malley and Dom Cruz as a co-main damn near. That's a co-main. Like, That's know? easy. That's one of the easiest promos the UFC could make at this point. You got the new school versus the old school. You know, um, the goat of the division against a possible future kind of go of the division. You know, never know. Shoot, yeah. I, it would be a huge favor that Dom Cruz would be doing for for Sugar to to give him that fight. But I think it would be it would be like probably the most hyped, anticipated fight. Like probably besides Corey and TJ. Honestly, Easily. even more than Font and, and and Garbrandt was. Yeah, way more. I think a Dominic Cruz Sugar Sean fight would be bigger than the rematch between Piotr Jan and Aljo Sterling. I think so too. Because th- <laughs> everyone already knows the outcome of that fight. Right? Even though like, it's for yeah. a title, this is way more interesting. Hell, this rivals Corey Sandhagen and. and I'm TJ. saying, I don't know which one I'd be more. Because, like, Sandhagen TJ might be a little more Just high level. Just because the title shot's on the line? Yeah. I don't know though because oh. Sean might come out there and and put on a show. Who knows? It'd be it'd be. Oh, it's a hard choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all in. We need this fight. Dom Cruz, do the world a favor and just fight Sugar Sean, please. That would be crazy. Please. And even if he beat him, like that just solidifies the fact that he is a legend. Right. It exactly. Just solidifies it to the max. Hey, come on, come on, Dommy, please. Just, just let this happen. <laughs> just let but it happen. The next fight after this was something that was also really fun, or uh, or the third to last fight on the, on the main card. This was Ty Tuivasa and Greg Hardy, and bam, bam, Ty Tuivasa did the world a favor by knocking the lights out of Greg Hardy early in the first round. A minute in, only need to land 11 strikes on this one, and he's now on a three-fight losing streak after losing three in a row before he started this streak and oh boy he looked he's on a three fight winning streak you said yeah he uh, he lost three in a row now he's won three in a row and he's red hot hell he might even be deserving of a top 15 opponent this time but what a short little burst of fight this was because greg hardy came storming and landed a shot and then a counter strike from from Tytui Fawson. Do you see that his great cardio is falling? Do you see that that right hook that barely missed his face? Yeah. Oh, that would have killed him. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, those guys throw with bad intentions in there, man. It's 
kill or be killed really uh i was just impressed by like how you know balls of the walls both of them kind of went like hardy went left in there it seemed like like a grizzly bear mm-hmm. and then ty he kind of got clipped it looked like he yeah. looked like greg kind of clipped him a little bit uh-huh. but ty took it uh and then just delivered you know two heavy heavy blows and uh that was really all she wrote that was a lot of fun though what do you think the top 15 fighter for uh for old Ty Tuivasa? Absolutely. He's he's run his way back up, so I think give him a top 15. Give him someone that's fun. I mean, give him another good matchup. Give him someone to kind of build a – because he's a guy that, you know, can can bring a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a lot of fans for sure. He does the shoeys, which is kind of insanely gross would in you my like opinion. But Do you see the respect. hot sauce shoey? Yeah, that guy's a jackass for he's that. He's a douchebag for like, that. Like, if you put a little squeeze in there, that's funny. But, he's like, man, squeezed yeah. the hell out of that bottle. He put half the bottle in there. That's right. jacked up. So Who does that? Who puts hot sauce in a shoey, man? That he, that fan needs to be banned for life, honestly. He, yeah, he needs to get nay-nayed. Unex- he, needs. <laughs> he needs to be put into the octagon with Taito Ivasa. Just take, yeah, take a Greg Hardy uppercut. <laughs> oh, man. We'll love to see that. I mean, always a show, though. Taito Ivasa was great. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, man, just an exciting fight there. Then one the, the co-main was really interesting in terms of the welterweight title picture because, one, we had Gilbert Burns, who just lost to Kamaru Usman. With the win here, he gets back into the title contention. Stephen Thompson, with the win or impressive victory, he might get the next title shot. Uh, but that wasn't the case in this one. Burns, he gets a bounce back win. He puts himself back into the title picture. He won 28-27 to 27, uh, with all judges giving Stephen Thompson the second round, which I, I agree with. But the thing is, there is some, I don't know if you notice this and however many people notice this, but there is some controversial strikes to, to end the fight in the third round because it looked like Burns might have landed three or four or five or six strikes to the back of Wonderboy's head. Did you, did you see this? Yeah, um, I think it... I, I don't think it's like he should have been penalized. I I do think it's kind of dirty. It's kind of like okay now now he needs to be watched a little bit maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think it was completely dirty. Yeah, I don't think he was throwing it with the intention of landing illegal strikes. He was just. I think he was just trying to finish strong, you know. Yeah. To show that the the judges that he was still the one, kind of dictating it. Because the third round was close. Stephen Thompson controlled most like the the, the um, beginning half of that round, but then the take wasn't the most entertaining fight. I'll be honest. Yeah, a little disappointed. Well, but I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? Like, I understand the fight Burns has to fight against yeah. a guy like Thompson. He's not gonna be able to stand and throw with, with Stephen no. Thompson. No, no. Obviously, the fans didn't care about. There's a lot of booze. That's one of the biggest things, right? It, like the last three pay per views, if you're not, if you don't throw a punch for like three seconds, they'll uh, they'll start booing you. <laughs> the fans have been real yeah. quick. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, what do you think though? What, what how's the title picture look after this fight now? So, what do murky we, still. Yeah, right. That I, I guess that's fair. But I guess the question: What do either fighter need to do for a title shot? Because Burns cut out. Predominantly, Leon Edwards and Jorge Masvidal. He probably needs one more win until he gets a second title shot. Then Stephen Thompson, man, he's getting up there, but I think he still has a chance at this title. Uh, I mean, so- it's like Masvidal needs to fight Leon Edwards, 
And if that doesn't happen, then I'd say why doesn't Burns, you know, Burns or Thompson fight Leon Edwards? Well, you know, those one of the, those guys need to start fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And Mazadal needs to pick someone. You know, it needs to be either Colby or you know he lost the Nick Diaz sweepstakes already. Yeah. Put his name in the hat too late. Uh, I mean, I guess him and Nate could run it back, but again, that that doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes each other money. <laughs> Isn't yeah, it's it's just kind of murky, man. I don't know. It it just kind of depends. Is is Usman gonna pick someone soon? And who's is Kiesa? Does Kiesa have a fight lined up? No, that there's actually kind of a thing I was thinking though. What if we do Michael Kiesa versus Stephen Thompson? Yeah, no, whatever. It doesn't really excite you. Not completely. I mean, what here? Here, hear me out on this one then. So, Stephen Thompson probably needs to take a step back, possibly in the rankings. Um, maybe you put like a... They were trying to do what they did last year in December. They were doing a, a more bottom-of-the-rankings guy, a little bit of an up-and-comer, Jeff Neal, against a high-ranked fighter like Stephen Thompson. When he was a five for this fight, um, Stephen wins that. What if we do something similar? Number nine-ranked... Bilal Muhammad against Stephen Thompson. A big proven fight and a step up in competition for Bilal to see if he could really contend with the top of the welterweights. That'd be a tough fight for Bilal. Mm-hmm. That'd be a tough one. I think he'd probably get pieced up in that one. You think? It'd be a good yeah. proven fight for him, at least. Why not? Yeah, I mean... They he can wouldn't make turn that, it down. We all they know could that. make that matchup. But yeah, well, I mean... We'll, I don't know, man. The middleweight division kind of sucks right now. Or not the middleweight. I'm sorry. The welterweight division kind of sucks right now. Yeah. It's just so stagnant. Like, See, Usman needs... to pick a name, damn it. <laughs> pick a name, and then the guys underneath need to fight. Because mm-hmm. they're not fighting either. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, shoot, man. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll it's, see. It, While we're on the welterweight. We'll wait and see. What do you, what do you think? We didn't get the chance to talk about this yet, but what do you think about Homsat and Chimaev's return fight against uh, the Leech? What do you think about this one? And is he kind of ducking Neil Magny? Um, did the did the leech did he has he finished Neil Magny? No, he did uh, Ponzinibbio. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. No, the leech is a good guy, dude. He's he's a he's a good fighter. So yeah. I want to say he's fought, he's won like eight out of ten in the UFC or something like that. He, I, he he has a pretty impressive record is all I know. He does. Very underrated. So I think it's a good fight for him to come back to. Uh, solid opponent. Get his, you know, uh, his fitness back up to par. See if it's see if there's any lingering effects. And then that's when you can go out and maybe face a, Leon, uh, a, Neil, uh, a Neil Magny after that. Or mm-hmm. go on and face Leon Edwards like he was supposed to. Like who mm-hmm. who knows? Like all the possibilities are open after that. And the welterweight division, to be honest, needs uh, some new blood in there right now because mm-hmm. there's just not enough. Like everyone has either fought each other already or they're just not fighting each other. So, right. for whatever reason, it doesn't make any sense to me. Where are hype levels around around Hamza right now? Are they anywhere close to where they used to be when he had his first three fights? Are you still excited I'm ex- to see him? Yeah, I'm excited to see him fight, but I'm not, you know, over the top. And it's to be determined like maybe he comes out there and just flatlines this guy again and then the hype will be right back where it was yeah but it, it we, could we, be we right back in, the, in an instant it could be 
Especially if he goes out and says, you know, he's ready to smash somebody the next week. <laughs> so we're just, we just got to see if there's any lingering effects. And I think that's the biggest question that has to be answered. Other than that, he could, he could be just as dominant as he once seemed to be. I don't know, man. If he gets those first round knockouts, the one punch knockouts, it's not like he's going to worry about his cardio anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I, I guess we'll see soon. At least, uh, you know, September, October is going to be a good time. Two big welterweights returning to the octagon, so I'm, I'm excited for that. But the last fight of the night, obviously, was Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor 3. And Dustin goes out, he wins his fight after doctor's stoppage between the after the first round due to Conor McGregor snapping the hell out of it. What is like both a, what the, what the, the, is it the tibia and fibia? I think those are the leg bones. He broke both of them, so he, he got a surgery um, on, uh, on on Monday. So he's looking good. He's feeling good, I guess, now. But this was some really... This is a really, really exciting and interesting five minutes of, of this trilogy. Obviously, it might have been a little bit disappointing just because we didn't get a conclusive winner. But was Dustin winning this fight almost inevitable? I think it depends. It depends where McGregor goes from here, because it's not like he's going to come back and get that fourth fight, mm-hmm. you know, instantaneously. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're getting that Oliveira and and Dustin Poirier fight yeah, now for the title. Like the way we're going, probably end the year. Uh, McGregor's on crutches for six weeks. That'll take him out for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Then he'll have to get back to where he was. Probably what do you another think couple. We, can we see him? I I'm guessing summer would probably be the earliest. I would say, yeah, I would say probably like early next year, like March-ish mm-hmm. to uh, June, July. So, we've, yeah, we've probably, we've probably seen the last McGregor for this year. Oh, definitely with that one. But there is obviously you can't say that this fight had a clear winner. But Dustin Poirier easily won that first round. Could you call it the 10-8? I know two of the judges did. Do you, do you agree with that that scoring? I don't know. That one's tough for me, man. I didn't yeah. know if it was a 10-8, but I mean, Poirier was definitely, he was landing some really heavy shots mm-hmm. uh, from top position and def- and, and Connor was kind of trapped there, really. Kind of seemed like Poirier just let him up towards the end there mm-hmm. after he took a couple, you know, uh, heavy, uh, what do you call those? Back kicks on the ground? What do you mean? Uh, uh, up kicks. Yeah. Uh, Connor has some crazy ass looking up kicks. Dude, he looked like a freaking donkey out there. Probably but, uh, helped that at least scoring Dustin. He was grabbing his gloves. Yeah, yeah. That, but I mean, you you see the slow mo replays, and that is true. Like he was doing that. It's not the first time he's done it either. No. But if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> John uh, Jones is just he just tries the hardest, doesn't he? Right. He tries so hard. <laughs> so does Chael Sonnen though. Don't don't even start with that. <laughs> Um, Do you see? I mean, I, it's a little bit of a tangent, but it's funny uh, because John Jones finally blocked Chael Sonnen on on Instagram or it Twitter. Took him so long. So so, <laughs> I chill chill P Sonnen. The P stands for block. Like what? What was the Jones. breaking point for John? Like there's I don't know. I didn't already been so crazy. much that's been said. I don't know how chill if I you would thought he would have blocked him a while ago. <laughs> yeah, like I'm saying, he's probably already said the like the worst of what he was gonna say. I don't I don't get. <laughs> Just enough is enough. Finally, after years of harassment, he's just finally 
just I, finally over it? I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a great question. But do, I think there's a lot that you could put into this being a 10-8 round. I think at least this was a clear 10-9 for Dustin. A clear 10-9. For sure. Dustin won that round for sure. I don't yeah. know. I don't know about a 10-8. I thought it was a 10-9 because Connor looked good on the feet. Um, yeah, he definitely had. He did have a feet. submission attempt, you know. Yeah, it was a good submission attempt. It was decent. He yeah. he was hands were locked. He was underneath the chin, but Dustin did do a good job of fighting through it mm-hmm. and getting to the next position, it, and then was, advancing and getting in a dominant position. So the guillotine was kind of confusing to me though because he had a good position, but a Conor McGregor. Don't get me wrong. He's not a he's not known as a submission guy. Okay. No. He's not a submission expert. Dustin Poirier, on the other hand, he's known for his guillotine. So it's really interesting to see Conor trying to pull a guillotine on Dustin, where you assume Dustin could pull a guillotine from everywhere. He almost got Khabib to... to, to um, he almost submitted Khabib. He were, at least he got pretty close, close to anyone's ever gone, to getting him with the guillotine. So for a man that's so good at the guillotine, you probably assume that he knows how to get out of almost any of them as well. So it looked like Conor was almost tiring himself out more. And then also even uh, Coach Kavanaugh came out and said that they were pr- trying to implement the guillotine into this fight. So that was a weird game plan for me, or at least to me. You know, you go for what you go for. Shoot, I guess, man. But we had what Conor was saying, uh, the first one to shoot's a bitch. Um, and Dustin's going to leave on a stretcher. And then he's going to break Dustin's leg. I know, Connor didn't shoot for a takedown first. He went for the clinch. Then Dustin went for the takedown. But two of the three, Connor kind of a little bit of a little karma on that one. Yeah, no, and Dustin's line at the end was pretty crazy when he said, karma's not a bitch, it's a mirror. So good. That that made, like, the whole, the party, ooh, excuse me, the party that I was at, it just made everyone kind of just go, oh. Right? Man, Dustin, he, he not only did he beat Connor McGregor in this fight, he beat Conor McGregor in the trash talk this whole week. Yeah, it was kind of a a, a win for the good guys, I guess you could say. <laughs> Man, yeah, no, no, I think so. Uh, but through this, though, uh, there's obviously uh, Conor obviously got a lot of backlash for his post-fight interview that he gave on the sound on on the ground sitting next to Joe Rogan. Uh, you know, talking that he doesn't should watch out because he's going to kill. Him and his wife in their sleep. It is a really interesting post-fight interview. And has your opinion on Conor McGregor changed? Nah, not at all. No. I mean, did does he always say the correct things? No. Hell but, no. I mean, <laughs> what, like, what are you gonna do when you have a mic in your face and a camera in your face, like twenty-four-seven? Like, of course you're gonna say some ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Are those being said more often now? somewhat i guess it's just different results are tied to it too right like different outcomes are being tied to what he's saying Mm -hmm. and so uh it's not as cool i guess when you're the one kind of when you're the nail and not the hammer but i mean connor he he is who he is man i think he knows at the end of the day who he is to himself and he's okay just going out there and saying and doing whatever because he's already rich as hell and and knows that him doing that is just going to bring even more money and even more people watching. So why not just go all out? Fair enough. And so do you put Mary into that? The nice Connor that we saw against Don Cerrone and against Sessimbor in their second fight, 
was that more of a was that more of I guess kind of like a facade than mean Connor is? Is mean I don't Connor know. The real Connor? It's I'm not a psychologist, so it's hard. It's hard for me to like <laughs> dissect all this. Let, let let's be some some armchair psychologists here. Uh, I guess I don't know. It, it definitely seems like it comes. I don't know though, because it, it didn't necessarily seem like he was acting for um, when when he was being nice. I mean, it seemed like that came pretty naturally because. You know, obviously him being a douche comes naturally and he's the best at that for the most part. Um, but him also being, you know, gracious and, and kind and, you know, that seemed pretty genuine when he was doing it for this, for the cowboy fight and for the Dustin Poirier fight, the second one. So I don't know. I, I think that's a tough one to ask, to answer. I think the news is that Conor McGregor is just bipolar. <laughs> he's a chameleon, you know? Uh, I, yeah, he just does whatever the hell he wants to, I guess. I just think it's funny too, bro, how like everyone uh when he came back and he was being all nice and everyone just started getting on his ass and say, Oh, we need the old Connor back. And then now everyone's just crucifying him for the old Connor coming back. Like I don't understand why people can't just make up their minds like what do you want? That's fair. And it yeah. must be it must be super frustrating on his end to see, you know, all these fickle MMA fans that just you know they're on your side one day and then they completely flip the script the next even when you do exactly what they've been screaming and crying for you to do so that is a good point because if you're you gotta pick something okay if you're saying that Connor should just be nice Connor that's fine if you're saying Connor should just be mean Connor that's also fine but yeah, you can't flip-flop on that one, you know? I And that's it seemed like everyone's been flip-flopping. So. I prefer nice Connor, and but at the same time, I wasn't really calling for the return of mean Connor. I was just like I was I went I wasn't mad that we got it, but I wasn't like out there saying that Connor should I didn't think that was like an issue though. I didn't think that Connor would be better just because he's talking talking hella smack again. Just I, a storyline. Yeah, it it's one of those things where it's not really more of a non-issue, but I guess people make out more to more than it seems. But at the least, we can all agree that Connor is in a bit of a crossroads right now because I, he is going to be out for a while. I think he still he has two more fights on his UFC contract, I believe. So I think he still at least has one more fight. It won't be for a while. We can agree that Dustin Poirier should and will. By Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Um, hopefully later this year, maybe maybe close to like November, maybe December, wh- which would be great. But where should Conor McGregor go from here? It's and, way too far out, dude. There's no way that you can tell right what, now at this point. What would you like him? No way. Though? Just just if we could just see into the future, is there is there something? He's got it. I like mean, he's got to heal him? up. Is he even gonna come back? Let, okay, all right, so all right. Let's, let's make some assumptions. Game. Let's make some assumptions. Conor McGregor comes back fully healthy, fully recovered from this injury, and he's going to fight at least one more time. What do you see? Do we see the trilogy with Nate Diaz, or do we see a fourth fight with Dustin Poirier? Because Dana White was was definitely suggesting it that. I don't know. I mean, if Dustin wins against Charles Oliveira, he could come back and fight Dustin for the for the belt. But, but... that doesn't make sense, though, is a problem. But also when sense. It, I, but I mean, who else is Connor going to fight? Yeah, it, you know, he could fight RDA because there's beef there. 
Uh, and then DC, the trilogy the with Nate doesn't really make with, sense yeah. because, you know, Nate's a welterweight now. So that's kind of off the table unless Connor just wants to do like a Cowboy Cerrone fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaethje or Chandler, who knows what's going to be up with them. They'll probably be fighting each other at some point this year, I would imagine. They, they should just fight um, the coming event uh, on the Dustin and Oliver card. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that those those are the guys that I'd be probably probably the most interested in is like Chandler, Gaethier, and RDA just because of the shit talk. Yeah. Do you want Connor to to at least have one more fight? To me, it doesn't. It, it honestly doesn't matter to me. I want I want him to do what he wants to do with so his say, life. Just talking as a fan, if Connor never fights again, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. I think the sport's grown enough to where it can, you know, they can kind of carry the torch from here. Because mm-hmm. now we see like Connor isn't elite anymore. He's not. He's not the best of the best anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it didn't look like it in that first round anyway. I mean, who, who knows? Fight game's crazy. Stuff could have changed very quickly in that yeah. second round. Yeah, his moments, but at the same time, it sucks that it got taken away from us and we didn't get to see a definitive, you know, uh, outcome. Is, this might be one of the biggest what-ifs in, in MMA yeah. history, you know? What if Karn so. his ankle? But at the same time, you, I'm okay with this fight ending the way it did because I thought Dustin was handily won that, that first round. But it, it's it, just the first round, though. Yeah. but That's the, the only time, thing. is like, you, can't, you can't base a fight off of just no, one really you, good round. You can't, which is Especially tough. with the fighter like Conor McGregor. At the same time, Conor... Does He's been wars t- with Diaz, with Chad Mendez. I mean, Connor tapers uh, off. Typically, doesn't sure. normally gets better. You, but it's not definitive. And so, I mean, this is always just going to suck, no matter how the hell we want to talk about this. You know? Yeah, it's just that's all you can say is it just sucks. It's not definitive, and I and and for Dustin to act like it is, kind of shows his true colors. I don't so. know. I don't know if I fault him for that though. He can definitely talk his shit, but I mean, don't act like it wasn't a freak crazy incident. Like you, you didn't get the closure that I think that was really needed. But did Dustin possibly check that kick to cause the break, or at least to help cause it? Who knows? I mean, that's just all speculation. You're saying you saw some stuff. You're thinking maybe if it were, if Dustin did check something to lead to a break, where you, you saw you saw something. I didn't. Elbow. I didn't see anything where it looked like he checked something that would have uh-huh. broke it. I did see where. Maybe he, uh, Conor McGregor hit, clipped his elbow mm-hmm. on one of the kicks. Um, there, I'm sure you can find him on YouTube. There's a few slow mo videos going around. I mean, there's probably like um, the the MMA doctor. But who knows? Head. You know, who knows? That's 100% speculation. I'm but, I'm not qualified yeah. to even try to speculate <laughs> on that. And then Coach Kavanaugh was talking about how he had an ankle injury in camp that might have helped lead to this injury. But I, I think at the end of the day, there's just so much stuff that went into this, and it's really, we're never going to get a decisive answer, unfortunately. I guess we're just going to live with it, though, and, and and just kind of see how this lightweight division um, kind, kind of goes on, and probably goes on very possibly without Conor McGregor. So, man, <sighs> just got to love people while they're still here, I guess, man. Uh you, you really never know. I guess uh, a great point made by Bilal Muhammad um, over uh, this weekend, too, because he said that that's why Khabib's record of being undefeated is that much crazier and better because 
there's a lot of ways you can lose a fight, like a freak injury like this too, and for that to never happen is impressive. And Absolutely. So, God gives some thought to that. But that's going to do it for UFC 264. Blake, let's get those bangers for UFC Vegas 31 and look ahead to this. Uh, solid, maybe one of those cards with not the name value, but it's one of those cards that almost always overseeds ex- expectations. Yeah, it could be, you know, one of those sneaky good cards that just keeps you entertained even when you least expect it. Uh, So for the bangers this week, um, we'll get right into it. I'm going to go Daniel Rodriguez versus Preston Parsons. Uh, That's going to be basically what we like to refer to as the main event of the prelims. Yep. So final fight on the prelims. Daniel Rodriguez is a guy that has kind of been on fire since coming into the UFC. Uh, he's only lost to Nicholas Dalby out of all of the, uh, I think five fights so far in the UFC. So four and one, he's beat a guy like Tim means who just beat Dalby, Dwight Grant, Gabriel green, most recently, uh, everybody's favorite fighter, Mike Perry. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that should, I think that should be a good fight. Preston Parsons is a guy that is going to be making his debut. We'll see what he has to offer. He's on a four fight finishing streak, uh, by, uh, you know, getting uh, victories. So there's a little bit of a height discrepancy. We'll see if that plays a factor. It's going to be interesting. The next one that I have coming up for you guys is Gabriel Benitez versus Billy Quarantillo. Uh, I picked these two guys just because they're, well, Benitez is a, is a veteran who's been around and has fought a lot of uh, really good guys. Uh, Billy Quarantillo is a guy that, I don't know. He just kind of throws down. Kind of, kind of new to the promotion. I think he came in last year. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Let me, let me check my. Yeah, he he came in in twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty nineteen, December twenty nineteen. Uh, so just a little over a year he's been in the promotion. Uh, he is three and one. Most recent loss to Gavin Tucker. Should be a pretty entertaining fight. I remember one thing that uh, sticks out to me with Billy Quarantillo is he's the guy that hits Spike Carlisle, the alpha ginger, as he was turning away. Yeah. And so mistakenly, it was that thought, was thought the the bell had rung or whatever, but right. no, it hadn't. It's still like one or two <laughs> seconds left. So he gets clipped. So that was hilarious. That was um, so good. And then the last banger I have is Jeremy Stevens versus. Matus Gamro. I don't know if I said that right, but those I think these two dudes are going to throw down. Similar in height, uh, five foot eight, both of them. Seventy-one inch reach for Jeremy Stevens, seventy and a half inch reach for Gamro. Jeremy is five years the senior, thirty-five to thirty. So I'm I'm hoping uh, Gamro knocks this guy out because Stevens been kind of pissing me off with his mouth. Yeah, that his most recent interview is just. Oh, he's such a douchebag. <laughs> it's not. It's not pleasurable. Unnecessarily, to, uh, too, man. Like, to him. dude, why you gotta say that? Yeah, I'd love to see him in close run it back, but it's like, man, I don't. I don't know if you know. You see, even say he moved on because he beat him at the weigh-in. Uh, yeah, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It, it was so dumb. And then, another thing though is that this is also going to be Misha Tate's return fight. Um, on the coming of this one too. This is her first fight since uh, 2016 in November when she lost a decision to Ricole Pennington. So, I mean, a legend like Misha Tate is this always going to be I mean, one of the pioneers of this women's division and one of the one of the really big names of it. So, 
It's going to be really interesting. I'm excited yeah. to see her in her return. Fighting uh, Marion Renault, who is 10 years older than her. It should be a fight that she, she should win, you know. I hope Pretty so. Crazy. Uh, but, man, we're going to find out, man. And I, I'm excited to this card. I always like these ones. I mean, it's kind of a gimme fight, dude. Renault hasn't won a fight since she fought Sarah McMahon in 2018. So I'm not going to complain, man. I want to see literally one, two, three. So she's lost four out of her last five. Misha Tate has gone five and two in her last seven fights. So, hey, um, but also, w would you really think that uh, that the UFC would book Misha Tate in a tough fight in her f first fight back since 2016? I wouldn't hope so. No, <laughs> because they kind of need her to. Uh instill some life in that division right I, I want to see her do well so of course i have my fingers crossed for that but it's t that time of the week as usual one of the best things i like to do uh let's get into the nene of the week to cap things off and i got to give it to there's obviously there's one man that I could definitely give it to but something a little more specifically blake i i'm not going to give it to uh to conor mcgregor generally this award of the name of the week goes to Conor McGregor's calcium intake because man get off the whiskey get off the proper number 12 and go drink that high quality milk maybe a little two percent action you know Come on. we might be able to avoid stuff like this we might be able to avoid free accidents like this kids drink your milk okay because milk gets, gets your bones nice and strong so you don't embarrass yourself and also piss off the entire MMA community because we don't get a decisive trilogy fight in one of the biggest trilogies in UFC history I think it's that simple right simple you know drink your calcium drink your milk uh, eat your eat your green beans okay don't and, and stay off the whiskey you tell him Ross you tell him <laughs> That's I told you Blake was like three three four shows ago. I was trying to say that this is a health show. This is a health show as long as the UC show in a, a combat sports show. Hell yeah, I'm healthy as hell. More proof. Hey, I believe it because you all know what Blake does before we record these. He goes gets a workout in. Okay, okay. But give the no. man his respect, even though he's weird. He works out at the night. I I. I, get on my level five. It's either that workouts, or baby. work out at like five in the morning. Hey, so. five thirty a.m. workouts. Get on my level. I hate it, and I am dying all the time. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you Ooh. so much for joining on this one. It's always a blast. And then I mean, another edition of UFC Talk. We're on to fifty-two now, so it's been a whole hell of a lot of fun. Before we sign things off, just want to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon supporters. Shout-out to Ray Rodriguez and for all your card-collecting needs. I mean, this this man just showed me. He got a couple of real nice cards, but he got a real nice Conor McGregor and little um, card. And then as well as Nate Diaz card. So, you know, plenty of MMA stuff with, with the card-collecting now. So, go on over to at the Big Bat Box on Instagram. Shout-out to Ryan Watson and Neil Wiley. But, Blake, your thoughts... Of on UFC 264 in one word or phrase. Uh, unfinished business. Unfinished business. I was thinking that or disappointing. So I'm glad you went with the phrase this time. Man. Oh, I always love having one of the biggest what ifs in MMA history. We're going to be looking back on on that Saturday night for the decades to come. But ladies and gentlemen, hope you all enjoyed UFC 264. Hope you have a great time watching UFC Vegas 31 this weekend, especially with the Blake's Bangers. And we will catch you in the next one.